0: Hello, and welcome to another season of the Storied Arcs podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike.
1: And I'm your co-host, Alex.
0: And this season, we will be looking at the Umbrella Academy. But first, as is our custom, we are doing a creator spotlight. Uh, we, I think we commonly refer to these as zeros, but we always list them as creator spotlights. No yeah. one has complained yet, uh, but I I have a little like glitch in my brain every time I see it, <laughs> and I'm like, I think of them as zeros, and I refer to the first episode being the one that covers episode one, or volume one, but uh, this is part of the season, but we're not in, we're not discussing the comic yet, I guess is what I'm trying to indicate, that's why it's a zero, wait, we, we're not touching the plot, no spoilers in the creator spotlights,
1: I think they, I think they make it a connection, um, and, yeah. and if, if you've been along with us this far, I hope you, you understand what we're doing,
0: yeah, so we've got five four five creators
1: to cover. uh yeah um, yeah 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 i guess we we'll, we can start with that and then talk a little about the publication because this this book does have a a curious and little securitous route uh to, to get to where we are now um but yeah i guess we'll you want me to start off with the with our creative team and, and i and think we'll yeah and uh, i mean
0: you must i i feel like the elephant in the room yeah like you have to start with the writer
1: yeah when it's well, such a big name yeah well so yeah the 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 writer and and I, I think he's i think it's credited in terms of creation wise to both writer jared way and 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 artist gabriel bob but really this is this is jared way's kind of thing i think he created the idea and even some of the the characters the general look i think he bounced some ideas off of off of bar for for like final artwork but we'll go ahead and call it kind of co-created by by Jared Way and, and Gabriel Bá. Um they're the big names. I'll, I'll get back to them in a little bit because we know they're probably end with those since there's more to say about them. Uh you know, they're the writer and artist throughout the entire series, uh all the issues, all the volumes. Um go ahead and and, and mention the colorist for the first two volumes was Dave Stewart, uh aka the the greatest comic colorist in the history of comics. Um it's everywhere. He is yeah, he he not just everywhere, he has an incredible history um like i said he, he is probably the the, the best and well-known um he's the kind of person that like should ever be up for like eisner's or anything else now because he he should just have like an emeritus position because like there's no but point they should in name
0: right they shouldn't in yeah. the color Award after the to the dave stewart award it, 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 and give it to other people that's what he, it should be
1: Yeah. yes he is at that kind of level um so yeah he was on the book for the first two volumes uh and then for the third volume uh, hotel oblivion uh, uh the colorist is nick filardi uh i think we'll, we'll get to why probably they they changed colors i'm sure it was a scheduling thing um so yeah dave stewart the first two nick filardi for volume three uh the letterer throughout is nate Picos of blambot uh Picos is a, a prolific letterer he founded blambot uh as a as a, a lettering studio a font studio he does all kinds of work mainly smaller companies but he has worked for DC and Marvel as well. He does a lot of dark horse books. I don't know if that's like a, a standing contract with them. Um but he 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 his a lot of his stuff is dark horse books. For example, he does he does letters for all of the Black Hammer series. Everything in in that in, in Jeff Lemire's world in Black Hammer. You know, as as we talked about when Lemire does most of his creator own work, like his image stuff, his go-to letter is Steve Wands, whether that's anything he writes and draws himself, or I think a lot of his stuff, a lot of Lemire's stuff in image, Steve Wands is is his go-to guy for for his letters and and design work. But all of his Dark Horse stuff, which is all of his Black Hammer work, Nate Picos does that. Uh, Nate, Nate Picos of Blambot, uh, Blambot exclamation point.
0: Well, and let's just say, I mean, if you have walked through a comic shop and seen the logos for uh, Middle West, Extraordinary X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, all new X-Men, basically the Marvel section, uh, Twig, uh, Reborn, I Hate Fairyland, Black Hammer, Me Love in the Dark. Those are his graphic designs, you know, like the big, the banner that's on the cover of every issue. And it's just like, geez, man, leave some work for other people you yeah, know he
1: he does he does some really really incredible work um and, and i think his lettering is is incredibly strong throughout throughout umbrella academy there's a lot of different a lot of different ways it's used uh a lot of different fonts that are needed for to 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 show you know different actions different characters things like that uh it, i think it's it it stands out as being being very integral and 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 very important uh and and noticeable in the good way because obviously, a lot of times, a lot of things like lettering is noticeable when it's bad uh, or it's difficult to read or things like that. I think it really, really enhances uh, the reading experience for the Umbrella Academy. And then, uh, I guess, finally, our, our last list of creator here, before we jump back to Wayne Ba, uh, are the covers. The, the first series, uh, uh, Apocalypse Suite, which we'll start covering next week. Those covers were all done by, by James Gian. Um, Gian has done a lot of incredible work. He has kind of this stylized realism. You know like the the, the, the character design has a, a realistic feel to it but there is there is a a, a stylization and a little bit of how it's colored and how it's shaded um i know he has a um he has a a dc cover art book um which okay. dc puts out there which are these big like poster size that you can act, that, like they're actually perforated edges so you can actually you can actually detach them from the book itself yeah i've uh, got the
0: it, jenny Frizen one
1: yeah yeah i was gonna say some of the artists jenny Frizen, art germ jim lee some of them have those kind of big oversized oversized poster style books uh james gian has one as well for for dc so he did the covers for for volume one, the apocalypse suite. And then going forward in volumes two and three, uh Gabriel Ba, the series artist, took care of the main covers. So um, but yeah, that's our that's our creative team. Um, so I guess we'll go into Wei and and Ba. Um, I'll start with Jared Wei. Um
0: I'm guessing.
1: Are you a... I I was gonna ask, are, are you a, a my chemical romance fan? I gotta say uh I don't
0: like the way this sentence comes out. <laughs> I think I'm too old to, to have been a My Chemical Romance fan. Yeah, uh, to me yeah. it seems like middle school angst type stuff. And I think like, like you they, had to be
1: middle. So you said like like you had to be in middle school when it came out. Yeah, that kind of yeah
0: yeah, yeah. like like for the emo yeah. type stuff. Yeah. And um, you know, I think they broke into the scene like 2001, but really made it big a little bit yeah. later than that. Yeah. And uh, it's like 2001. I'm I'm already in in high school by then. Um, I've grown out of that type of emo phase. You know, moved into metal and then other things. Um,
1: I, I, you know, I t- I'm I'm older than you are. Um, but I have listened. <clears throat> sorry to to MCR. I, I I do. I understand the appeal. I do think it has a very fervent following, like Gen Z following. Like I think they're like it, it is it is it is big and kind of the. I guess you qualify I think even as like younger an millennials. Millennial. I'm a, Maybe, yeah yeah I'm, I'm the m- old yeah. millennial yeah, yeah kind of young my millennial. wife is
0: on the young spectrum yeah. of the millennial yeah
1: but yeah it, it, it had they have a a fervent fervent following and um yeah you know we don't know what we're talking about Jared away is the lead singer and co-founder of 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 my Comical romance um you know they're a, a big you know emo rock quasi kind of that kind of emo punk, emo emo metal, emo rock, kind of all mixed together. Um,
0: they definitely had their own sound. I mean, I've gone and yeah, listened to them like yeah. since, but I can't claim that I was listening to them at the time sure, they were popular. Sure, 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 sure.
1: I said so I've never been a huge fan, but I I, I know their music. Uh, I have listened to it. I'm familiar with. it. I can pick it out. Uh, and so I can see the appeal. I think you're right. If you were of a certain age, I, I think in in the same way that you know the, the music you listen to, the music that comes out when you are in middle school early high school. Um, that kind of music always sticks with you was like, this is the best stuff in the world. Uh, which is why the only like I have Sirius XM in my car, and the only station I ever listen to is Lithium, which is 90s oh, yeah. alternative and grunge. Because yeah, that's I would listen to that. That's great. That, 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 that that's the stuff that came out from like ninety-two to ninety seven or whatever, ninety eight maybe. And that stuff in my mind is just the greatest stuff in the world. And yeah, if you were of that age when when my chemical romance came out, I'm sure you'd have a, a big connection to it. But I, I think what was interesting to me, and this is this is looking back in hindsight, I remember when the Umbrella Academy was announced and coming out, and being put off is like, oh, okay, so big rock star who likes comics is parlaying that fame and going to moonlight as a comic book creator now, only to find out later that no, actually, he was a comic book creator who moonlighted at a, as a rock star, and then his rock band took off and became massively famous, so he went with it and you know, I think in the end made the right career choice going that way first, but he started making comics. And I believe like, I think he first self published his first comic, like as a teenager, I, I believe, and, and this may, some may check me on it. There's a big Jared way fan out there or, or or MCR fan. I believe he was working or he had worked as like an intern at, I I think at DC at the time when my comic romance ended up going big. You know, this is late nineties, early aught. So he okay. was in DC. I was industry. thinking it was
0: like the Marvel like writer trainer's program that they do.
1: Yeah, no, um, I, I well I, I think it was something similar. But I but, I believe okay. he it was at DC. like DC DC vertigo. He was but he was working in comics, and I, I believe he went to art school. Like I, I think if you would have asked like 15 year old. So yeah.
0: I've got like the, the trades that I'm reading mm-hmm. for Umbrella Academy, yeah, come in a like the the hard box slipcase.
1: Oh, no, it's not uh, so, so
0: they're not like the deluxe, like hardcover volumes. These yeah. are like trade paperbacks with like a little nicer, thicker paper, yeah. uh, but nice bonus stuff in the back. And it's got little bios on them. You know, it says like he wrote his first comic when he was five. Yeah. And illustrated it. And, you know, he went to art school and all these other accolades he has. Uh, yeah. Let's say uh began writing and drawing comics at the age of five when his grandmother first put a pencil in his hand. Like, first of all, there's no way he didn't hold a pencil before age five, but uh, not to dispute uh, what he's doing here. Uh, having developed a lot of the arts, way attended School of Visual Arts in New York City, where he owned his skills, both a writer and an artist, before he made a career as a musician. Yeah. He was a guest speaker at the prestigious Oxford Union. It's a Grammy-nominated art director and lives in LA. Yeah. That's actually, for how much this guy has done, a very modest biography to stick in the back of a book.
1: Well, it, 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 it's very clear, though, that it, it is meant to be that is the that is the comic creator, comic writer, like version of that. You know, if right. if, you re- if, you were, right. if you were if you, if, a you if you read the lining notes, yeah, right. If you if you read the
0: liner yeah. notes in the CD, yeah. it would be about how he like started playing guitar at age ten yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah.
1: So no, so I, I I was I was initially dismissive, um, you know, uh, unjustly so, thinking, oh, what is this? You know, again, thought he was a a rock star moonlighting as a comic book creator when it really was the other way around. Um, and, and so, you know, I was initially hesitant, but, you know, in the end you see that, um, he's got chops and and not only did, did this book come out, uh, which was 07. We'll, we'll get into the, how it was published, but you know, this comes out and kind of establishes a bit of his, his bona fides. And, and then as my chemical romance kind of takes a, I, I, I guess like a bit of a break through like the, the mid 2010s, he really starts going a lot harder into, into comics and in 2016 he curated a, a pop-up imprint at DC called Young Animal which housed some of the it, it was like a mature line but not in the way that like black label is or was it's kind of a mature line with mature characters but they're they're kind of the wacky offbeat characters um right way way he wrote um he wrote Doom Patrol they kind of revived Doom Patrol which is a, obviously a, a big influence and we'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the Umbrella Academy uh he, he wrote doom patrol for young animal it also had shade the changing girl mother panic cave carson as a cybernetic eye uh eternity girl collapser uh and, and even far sector which i think is the was or is kind of the latest book to be to be published on the under the young animal imprint far sector is the the new green lantern book that's written by nk Jemison. so you know oh, wait, he, right he, you know that was going into i think even like From like 2019 to 2021. I don't know if if that comes back, if it'll still be on Young Animal. But you know, for four or five years there, DC had this imprint. Um, (laughs) you know, they also had this this wacky crossover uh Doom Patrol had with uh the JSA called Milk Wars, where they battled a villain called Milkman Man. It was it was one of the wildest books in crossover events I've ever read. Uh, it's a it was prequel com- to
0: ice cream man right? it
1: was it was completely it was completely ridiculous but it was so much fun and, and it was but it was home to those kind of those kind of offbeat kind of weirder characters i guess um you know but he, he doesn't only have he doesn't only have i guess dc is kind of where his his main work is done but um he also had a he he currently has a a significant influence on on the marvel universe in that he is the credited co-creator uh along with uh artist jake wyatt of penny parker and spdr um most people know oh, penny sure. parker from the into the spider-verse right. par- uh, uh movie and now that version is is radically different from the version that way and Wyatt created for the original spider-verse event back in in 2014 but th- the same idea is there penny parker uh and and spdr which is a some version of a mech spider man um, again, the version is very different, but that idea is what they used and borrowed for the interverse into the Spider Verse movie, uh, which again has become you know wildly popular. So that's a that's a co creation there. So you know he 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 has he has said he has he has titles and influence on on kind of both of the big two. His ah uh, his weirdest comic though ah uh, has to be the True Lies of the Fabulous Killjoys, uh, which is another book that was published on Dark Horse, like like the umbrella academy um this was a comic that was he co-wrote with um uh sean shaw and art was by becky clunan art that clunan's one of my favorite co- uh, comic creators this is in 2013 like 2014 and um okay stay with me here uh the comic the comic true lies of the fabulous killjoys it was a sequel to the my comical romance album titled danger days colon, true lies of the fabulous killjoys so this was a comic that was a sequel to the story that was presented in the album uh
0: i gotta tell you if mike carey could play guitar he would have yeah. done that too
1: yeah yeah hold like on the but, unwritten
0: um, would yeah. have an album
1: probably so yeah uh not done yet though that was in 2014 in in 2020 2021 there was a another Killjoys uh uh comic this was called true Lives of the fabulous kill Joyce colon national anthem uh and this was not a sequel this was a comic adaptation of the story that was presented in the album Danger Days, True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. So uh I guess if you if you listen to the album and and didn't quite get the stories of the characters or whatnot, uh, National Anthem is, is basically a prequel to the the actual comic because it is a story that was presented in the album from My Chemical Romance. Uh, that is a flex of a major selling rock star who also creates comics uh to to do something like that and to to weave those things together or at least attempt to I don't know how long it succeeded I, well, read- I mean,
0: could you imagine the elevator pitch for that if you weren't a rock star
1: oh yeah no you I'm, you, I'm you, like, you wouldn't get past the door yeah right yeah.
0: I was like what what if I went in and I was like you know what I'm gonna write I'm gonna write a continuation of the story from Led Zeppelin 2 yeah and they're yeah, gonna be like yeah. well first of all no you're not allowed to do that yeah. uh the the only thing comparable I can think of which just shows you the difference between being a rock star and not is the book secret path by Gord Downey and, uh, and Jeff Lemire uh, where Gord Downey wrote a 10 song album uh, that told a story. And then Jeff Lemire wrote a book to illustrate it. And then they sunk yeah. them up for like a short film type thing. Yeah. yeah that, and it that, was that, kind of like you're crossing like a, mediums yeah, for storytelling. Cross, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they, they, no one's ever heard of that. Yeah, And so it's like, that's one big difference. The other big difference is like that. It wasn't a continuation. It was like inspired by, it's almost like writing an original a, soundtrack. I was, I
1: was going to say it, it, it was a co-creation almost them doing that together. Yeah. They said, this is, this is him writing an album with his band, putting it out there and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, I'm guessing it's a, like a high concept album there. You're supposed to be able to follow characters and story and, and plot through these songs. And, and as they progress through the album, and then you're supposed to take all that in and then pick up the comic and read that. So I, I read that original True Lies of the Fabulous Cool Joyce comic. Um and yeah, I didn't understand what was going on because I hadn't listened to the album. Uh and even if I had listened to the album, I don't know if I would have known what's going on. But you know, that thinking that's the kind of flex you can do when, when you are a, a, a major selling rock star who also is an award-winning comic creator. So um, you know, so he doesn't have the 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 longest cv but said the, the 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 things he has done uh said some of them have, have really hit and and they, they've made an impact so um uh, part well, of like, me wishes he wrote comics more and i think i think, I think kind of he probably comics.
0: will you well, know i mean they, 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 they but he can they, be choosy now
1: he, well, he can be he can be he can be very choosy and, and i would imagine you know if he wanted to jump on like a, a a DC book for a little while, they, they probably would let him if he had a pitch for something, if he had a pitch for miniseries, I'm sure they would let him do that. I'm sure even Marvel would, too. Um, I'm sure you know,
0: anyone, even if he just wanted to be on like a creative team and sit on a Zoom call every three months, yeah, yeah, they yeah, would love yeah. to put his name on the front cover. Of a book.
1: Exactly. Exactly. To have him have his name attached to something, which which is a big reason why I I'm sure that young animal was was promoted the way it was, that it was curated by him. His name, again, is in the credits for a lot of those books simply because again, he ran the line. And obviously they got him to write Doom Patrol. So he was writing the flagship title on that imprint. But at the same time, you saw young you saw a young animal on a cover of of a DC book and you knew that came from from Jared Way's line. That it came from that whatever that was in some way was was passed through him. You know, I'm not saying he got okay and everything. Not saying he gave notes and everything, but just the idea that it was kind of, it was kind of his stamp. So if you were in on him and his vibe and, and his, I, I, I guess his 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 storytelling kind of thought process. If you, if you like those kind of characters and that kind of presentation, you you, you felt pretty comfortable buying any of those young animal books because you you were you were selling the name and the the, the history that comes with that both in both mediums. You're selling that both with his music career and what he had done in comics. So, but, uh, yeah, no, so I, I think so I was mentioning, Umbrella, um, Umbrella Academy, uh, my comical romance, you know, they had taken a break or broken up for a while and then they come back together and do some more stuff. And, and I'm sure they'll always be a part of his life as any musician is. But yeah, as you get older, you know, not everybody, not everybody's a rolling stones. Not everyone's Crash. out there like 78 years old, but, uh, so yeah, I, I, I would love him to write more. I, I think it's great. I, I Said it doesn't always hit with me, but I I like that he thinks out of the box. I like that he tries different th- different different things, different different ideas. I like that his his comics tend to be a little off center, a little off kilter, a little weirder. Uh, I I like that in comics. I, I I said I I appreciate when creators try things, even if I don't necessarily like them. Uh, and I think we will get into that as we discuss the Umbrella Academy through the end. But I I like I can appreciate the attempt. I can appreciate the vision, even if I can read the vision and be like, "Mm, yeah, no, that that worked. But I I like when someone tries. And I think he's someone that can bring that little bit of offbeat, offbeat mindset to whether they're creator-owned characters or, you know, like an established character. And uh, and one of the big two, one of the big two uh, uh, publishers. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I got to say, I'm debating when to say this. We'll get into it more when we get into the book. But I also assumed he was, like, the rock star coming into comics Mm -hmm. and was trying to read it like that. Uh And I felt like, oh, he's, like, clearly so sure he's so creative. Some of this stuff seems, like, gaudy for the sake of gaudiness in terms of, like, Mm -hmm. storytelling and stuff. But then after, like, two issues, I was like, no, yeah. he just like knows what he's about. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, no, definitely. he's, yeah. he's a weird yeah. guy, but he's not like, uh, so yeah. Apologies. Hold on, hold on, on, I'm afraid hold on, hold on. this is the second hold shot on. we've taken at him, hold but on. I was afraid he was like a Jared Leto where it's just well, like, yes. I have to be as weird as possible yeah. and just make everyone know it. And I was yeah. like, I'm really don't get that vibe from him after yeah. I really read I, him.
1: I, I think that's a great point. But I, I do want you to save that though, because I think that's yeah we'll, we'll save it. We'll, we'll yeah. get into that because I, I I agree with you because I came into it again with a very similar mindset because I didn't come to this book because of Jared Way. I bought it initially in spite of him because again I get I thought he he he's just he's parlaying oh I'm a rock star I like comics, I now have the power to say I want to write one as and not knowing what his history was not knowing he knows any you know what does he know about comics? Turns out he knows a whole hell of a lot about. it. You know, so yeah, I I l- 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 let's put a pin in that and come back to that because again, my draw to this book is who we're going to talk about next, which is the artist Gabriel Ba. Uh, Gabriel Ba is one of my favorite artists. I knew in you'd all be comics. An easy
0: sell on that one.
1: Yeah, they, 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 this is. Um, if it were a an artist I didn't know, I don't know if I would have picked this book up because again, I would have been turned off initially by by Gerald Way's association because I just you know I, I would have been dismissive of him wrongly so, but because of of Ba's art um to me that was worth picking up because i wanted to see i wanted to read that because again he is one of my favorite artists he often works with his twin brother fabio moon they're they're two brazilian artists um a book we've mentioned before i think i've mentioned a bunch is day tripper a book that we may eventually do on this show it is one of my favorite books of all time it is an absolutely gorgeous gorgeous book an incredible story uh and, and when 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 moon and Bao work together when the brothers work together it, it just says by them because their art styles are so similar, and, right. and it's unclear. It, it isn't like one's a writer, one's an artist, or anything like that. They they just create their work. Uh, Day Tripper, I think, is the best thing they've done. They have another book out. Um, uh, two Brothers is, is quite two good. Two Brothers, yeah, yeah, Two Brothers is great. That's an adaptation of a a I think a best selling Brazilian novel. They took that book uh, about two twin brothers who live like separate lives. So I'm sure that that also hit very home for them as they as they did that. But um, that's a, a great, great adaptation. It's another beautiful book. They also did something I really, really love. Uh, they illustrated or they they adapted a Neil Gaiman short story called How to Talk to Girls at Parties, uh, which was eventually adapted into a movie. And I, I don't know how much of the book they use, like the aesthetic and, and the art style, because I haven't seen the movie. But that's a short story that Neil Gaiman wrote that Moon and Ba uh, then adapted uh, into uh, uh, kind of a, I don't know, like a, like a prestige length style like book, it, it, it's not not a very long story. So it was like a full series, but it's also not like a a full graphic novel. It's not like a a big two hundred some odd pages. It, it, it's pretty thin and short. But it, again, it's it's beautifully illustrated uh, uh, and, and and just beautifully beautifully designed. Uh, when those two work together, they uh they do work apart sometimes. Um, I think one one kind of funny note is Gabriel Boss started. A an image book with Matt Fraction called Casanova, um, which is a very fun book. It's a cool book. It's had multiple different uh different volumes and iterations. But he actually left that book after the first arc, maybe the first two arcs or something like that. He left Casanova to do Umbrella Academy and to jump in to continue That's the series. A good call no no yeah, well,
0: no shade of Matt Fraction. Well, no, obviously it, we it, love it, Matt Fraction, yeah,
1: but he 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 left to do that. But who came in? to fill his place on Casanova was his brother, Fabio moon. So like, if you read those books and you look at them, the art style doesn't change. Cause those guys are so similar. The character design that the approach to the approach to comics are so similar. Um, and again, whether he was trying to mimic and hold that style, I don't know whether it's just natural that they, they both draw that way, which I tend to think is the case, but it was seamless throughout and, and, and Bob jumped back in. And, and if you pick up, the various issues and the various volumes of casanova you'll see some combination of matt fraction gabriel ba fabio moon on the cover sometimes all three of the names just two of them but it, it was kind of a seamless transition at least from for the reader standpoint because that art style just just flows right through um but yeah yeah you know, and, I, and, I and by the way the just
0: for, and not that we're talking about fabio moon in this yeah. episode but uh, when we when we get to uh, Blambot, you can go to his website and see the custom fonts that he's designed. Mm-hmm. And side by side on the page, you can see uh, Gabriel Bond, Fabio Moon's proprietary fonts based on their handwritings. Yeah. And uh, whew, man, they're close. Uh, yep. Like Fabio Moon is like slightly more like italicized, yeah, which I is know, it, it's yeah. like if I did not see them side by side, I would assume it was the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And again, yeah, I, 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 I'm not here to say that they are clones of each other, but I think there's, again, their styles are close enough. That is seamless. Again, when you read a book like day tripper and it is unclear who wrote what part, who drew what part, who colored it, it doesn't matter. It, It it's cliche to say that, you know, because they're twins, there's that kind of mind melt thing. Um, but that just because it's cliche, doesn't mean it may not be true. You know, when those two work together, um i i think there there is something really beautiful and really seamless about it and they're 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 amazing storytellers and so i love anything they do together and, and like i said he was bob was my my draw into this book and so um you know he's an artist i'm gonna or both of them moon and Ba, you know if they're together they're on a book i'm gonna check it out That that's enough for me to check out a book just to see what it is you know if they're together, obviously I'm going to get no questions asked. I'm going to pre-order that as soon as I can. If it's just one of them working with a different writer or something like that, I, I will still check it out because I want to see what those guys do. Um, and uh, and yeah, I'm glad it did because it brought me to this book, uh, which is one that I would have been dismissive of uh, any other way. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have read it. It would have taken multiple people I trusted to be like, hey, you should read the Umbrella Academy. You know and 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 I would have had to have been really sold on it if uh if I didn't have an in of well, if I don't like the writing, at least the art's gonna look cool. you know, like I can I can live with that on a book uh, more so than I can live with great writing and art I don't connect with. Uh, that's much harder for me. Um, great writing, if it's really great writing and bad art, I can hold on that that I can do that. If it's okay writing and bad art, that's very tough for me. But if the art is good, if I love the art, I can look past any level of writing. It could be the best writing ever. It could be it could be garbage. If if the pages look awesome, uh, I can I can fight through it. So I don't I don't know how you are on that on that spectrum.
0: That's an interesting question. I mean, the one that I, I just keep thinking about it. I feel like at some point I'm going to have to prod you to read the book Low uh, by Remender because that was one where the art drew me in and as it even though it drew me in some of the characters were hard to tell apart because it was just the style of art that it was yeah and then the writing uh i i like reading i if you read my like goodreads reviews i think there's six trades i was like very bipolar through the series i was like oh this is great i love it oh my gosh that one was so corny i hated it and then it was like oh my gosh it's great i love it and you know it ended up I I like the way it ended and resolved, uh, you know, relative to how comics uh, end. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's just one of those where it was like when when the writing was annoying me, the art was still so beautiful that I kept turning the page.
1: It could carry you through. Sure.
0: Right. And then there were times where the art was uh, just like slightly too distorted and distracting. But the writing I was like, okay, well, now you've hooked me in with the premise uh, and the world and some of the characters. Um, you know, not the most impressive roster of characters ever, but a couple good ones. Sure. So anyway, um, I, I,
1: I, I'll give a shot. At, I, I can remember as okay. someone uh, as a writer, I am, I, I think, um, he's pretty binary for me. Either I, I read something by him and I loved it, or I read something written by him and just like, nope, didn't get past the first couple issues. And I, 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 it didn't connect with me. So, yeah, he, right. he's someone that's very, very polarizing for me. Which doesn't mean, yeah,
0: I, I didn't hear you say he's a bad writer. I oh, just no, 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 heard no. you say, like, yeah, yeah just don't connect cool. all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, um, like he wrote and Deadly that Class. I I love Deadly Class, even though Deadly Class ended kind of with a bit of a whimper. But overall, Deadly Class, I loved. Um. So, but yeah, it, it, you know, it, it it can be hit or miss like that. But again, for me, again, but if it's, for me, if it's, yeah, if it's so, great art, if great art is there, I it'll, that'll always sell me through. Yeah,
0: uh, there are... For sure, artists that I will buy, mm-hmm. I would say I'm more inclined. Uh, like I have writers that are auto pools for me, sure. and I will suffer through almost any art for a writer that I like. That being said, the writers that I like tend to work with great artists, sure. sure. Um, even themselves sometimes. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm mean, gonna imagine, um, you know, anything Sean Phillips does, you know, he's he's your guy. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. 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 Um,
1: I'm with you, too. There there are writers. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with, but there are definitely some artists that if they have a book out, um, there, there are only a handful of writers that are just like, I don't care who they work with. I'm just not reading them because I know I'm not going to like it. Very, very few. Uh, but yeah, if there are some artists out there, if they're on a book with uh, either a writer I don't know or a writer, someone like like a reminder who like, well, it could it's a coin toss whether I like this writing or not. If 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 it if it's an artist that I like a style that I like I I will give it a shot and 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 hope for the best and again even if it's not great even if I if I don't connect with the writing I'll I'll still I'll hang in there for for the artist because um, at the very least it I can skip past the words and and just look at the pretty pictures you know I can yeah. I can I can appreciate that part of it so, and so yeah and I, I
0: gotta say you it, know like my guy Jeff Lemire
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't even ask who the artist is like yeah. you know it's it's yeah. like um,
1: But really, but really, with Lemire, it's probably like one of four people, including himself. You know, at that's this point. true.
0: Except with like Black Hammer, which well, Bla- well Black uh, Hammer was pulled,
1: the, that was that was intentional. I think that was intentional because it was he's building a whole universe, and so he's pulling all these different people there. But
0: although it, you know, I have to say, the the colorist for uh for Black Hammer was Dave Stewart. Yeah, and a lot of Aerial of Academy was reminding me of Black Hammer. Oh,
1: there's a lot of it there, mm-hmm.
0: and, and I was like,
1: "Well, there's are like, similar." I was like,
0: the, "I was like yeah, the plots, like the concepts are like similar enough, but like the colors and the styling, yeah. was was felt Black Hammer world."
1: And, and, um, and, and I'm like, "Because that's actually again, second thing to put a pin in for when we talk about talk about Volume One." Um, but I I have notes on that as well in terms of on specifically on on Black Hammer and books like that because that's a family of of comics that I really like. That's a, a genre of comics that I really like. So we'll come back to that. But no, I, I I don't think you're wrong on that at all. And I think part of that is just the idea that regardless of of what publisher you're at, you're still on some level, these are superhero comics. Whether it's a different spin, whether what the characters are, what the powers are, um, there's still an inherent superhero-iness to them, to the action scenes, to a, 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 all the surroundings. I think there's, there is a, a common thread there. So I yeah I don't think it's it's out of out of the ordinary or or unexpected that um you'd you'd see those threads for for a colorist to who is used to doing that to know what these beats should me feel what they should look like how they should play to the audience uh I, I'm not shocked by that at all but again second thing to put a pin in that we'll discuss more next week so um
0: yeah um and, and probably yeah. a pretty smooth transition if we want it yeah. into Dave Stewart yeah. Yeah, um, well,
1: I said I, I, I mean, I, 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 cover, I'm not going to go too much into into his work there. I mean, because again, I'm not going to cover all of his CV because it's it's too long. Just know that um, he really is the greatest comic ar- co- colors of all time. That every all the great artists, all the great colors that are out there, like I'm sorry, you're not as good as Dave Stewart was going to be. He, he said <laughs> he, his name is legendary. He has colored some of the greatest books of all time, and yeah, he said he should be the eponymous name of, of the of the Eisner of the, the colors to So yeah, perhaps be, someday, maybe someday if, if they um, ever, if they went that route. So um, yeah,
0: sorry. So was there anything else on Ba? Uh,
1: no, I, I think that I think that covers all the creators there. I'm not going to go too far on anybody else, but I think, I think that that covers what we need to cover for, for the creators there. Um, I, I think there is something to be said about the publication of this book. Cause like I mentioned, it, it is a little, it was a little wonky. It was a little weird. So, uh, if you have nothing else on creators, should we go into that?
0: Uh yeah, all I was gonna say is that uh, our uh, our series cover artists, not you know, oh, the yeah. ones that Bob didn't do, yeah, uh, that yeah, you got James from G. Fables, right? Was he it? did the first eighty-one covers for Fables. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, and G. So, G. has
1: done. Yeah, he said he's done so much work. There is yeah, that's there a legendary
0: a, pool. Um, yeah, you know, and yeah. you know, uh, the Kevin Smith like Green Arrow run, just like, kind of like a it's just another one of those guys where it's like I looked at the you know the inside thing and I was looking at the names and I was like, I don't think I know who that is and then I was like, oh yeah no I have I have dozens of his yeah, books he, in my he, short box he,
1: he, he's uh, a guy uh, that he he's a prolific cover artist and, and he he is someone that when you see his style you will recognize it again it, it is this hyper real hyper realistic you know kind of style to it that uh it 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 looks like it's photorealistic stuff like he's trying to go that route but it's intentionally skewed just off to be a little more illustrative so no james Sheehan is is great and uh i said he's someone he's someone that can sell books just solely on the cover which is i mean it, it, it it's how you get those kind of poster sized collections that dc puts out because they understand right. that if they put a whether it's a main cover or a variant cover or something like that if they had done that with his art that's enough to sell someone because there are people who are going to collect only his stuff. Again, it's someone like an art germ or a Jenny Frizen or, or someone like that. You know, Peach Momokone is like that right now. There are artists out there that they know if you can get them to draw a cover, whether it's the main cover or a variant cover or anything like that, that there is a following for that artist. And I think James Gian is is definitely in that category. His stuff is his stuff is very cool and and, and, what and I think and that's very a, beautiful.
0: Especially true when you're not doing a big two book, you know, when you're trying to move, you're trying to people, so many people come into the shops for the big two and you really want your indie title to stand out. You've got to have a cover that just grabs people.
1: Yeah. You'll see it. And hopefully that's enough for someone to pick it up and, and, and flip through it. And, and that's, that's, I mean, you can't ask for much more. If, if, if someone's walking to a comic shop with no idea what it is, if they pick it off the shelf, you know, I don't know what percentage is going to buy it. What they do that, but it's greater than zero, right? So, right, you know, I mean, you you give
0: the book a better chance, yeah, yeah, to move with people who, you know, you and I meet up in the indie section of each shop, yeah, you know, like we find each other in the image or dark horse or boom section or wherever. But yeah, um, yeah,
1: I I, I, I also you know I'm one of the obsessors that that track new comics releases and solicitations and things like that. So I know what's coming out, but I understand that vast majority of people aren't. They're and we go to in. a
0: good shop that yeah. doesn't put them off and in their own little corner. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, they're but, with all of the Marvel and DC books yeah, but, but, interspersed. Yeah, but,
1: but, 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 yeah, most, most, the vast majority of comic readers are going in because they need to pick up Spider-Man or Batman or Spawn or whatever it is. They're picking up the thing they read and you got to draw their attention somehow and a great cover can do that. And and Gian's covers for for volume one for the apocalypse suite are, are really evocative. They really stand out uh, because they don't, they don't look like anything else. You know, they're, 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 I I don't want to say they're busy, but they're, there's a lot going on on them. They're very detailed. You know, they're not these kind of sparse covers. um, That is a little more of like bond moon style for their covers. You know, GN's covers are, are full to the max. uh, And they're, 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 they're absolutely beautiful. I think. So it, it's, it's, yeah. uh, no, the, it's, the it's white a, it's a good, space on their
0: covers is nuts. Oh um, yeah. Again, you know. That's
1: a, st- that's a, a stylistic intention. They're doing right. that on purpose. That is what they do. So it is a big change from what GN does, but yeah, if you're trying to hook somebody for that first series, uh, you know, GN's covers are going to stand out when you, when you see a, a row of new comics, uh, you know, shelves of them, when you walk into your shop, they would have stood out, uh, without question. So,
0: Yeah. Uh, okay let's talk about the production of this book
1: sure yeah yeah so again well we're starting next week we'll start with uh volume one aka umbrella academy the apocalypse suite this is one of those books that um it's a continuing series but every arc instead of being separate arcs are like separate mini series you know so which is a little th- that's I'm not a huge fan of that myself. I'd rather just be the Umbrella Academy volume, you know, issues one through six and then, you know, like seven through 12 or whatever it is. But okay. But they each had their own subtitles.
0: Sure. And, but like the, the owner of our comic shop, Mm -hmm. uh, when I was young in comics described that as dark horses thing.
1: I think so. I think they,
0: they, he said, he said, look, I love their books, but I hate selling their books. Because uh, like a series like Black Hammer, you know, did Black Hammer 1 through 12 and then Black Hammer Age of Doom 1 through 12, which was just a straight continuation. It was. It of, of Black Hammer. Yeah. And then it was, I don't know, at least 10 six issue series yeah, uh, that were all in the Black Hammer universe. And he was like, this is so hard for the casual fan. Like, this is only for diehard fans. And that's Dark Horse. And I've noticed, you know, Dark Horse is not exclusively that. No. Um, but if it's gonna have a weird publication thing and lots of little mini series, um, it tends to be a dark horse thing, and well, it, it, you know, and well, I think, also, and, and the uh, most extreme—not that it was on purpose—was you know, uh, <laughs> we already covered the seeds, which was two issues in print well, and yeah. then three and four straight to trade.
1: Yeah, well, that that those, that those circumstances are, beyond there. Turns, yeah, no, but, cool, but. I, I can complain about that here. In the end, I think it it. Ended up working for them here in a way because, you know, uh, volume one uh, published from September 2007 to February 2008, uh, followed then relatively shortly volume two, which is Dallas. uh, Another six issues from November 2008. So just later that year to May 2009, Uh, there was also a free comic book day issue which came out before volume one that was in may 2007 so they put that out that that is a teaser preview and then we go into to volume one uh, and that free comic day issue is included in the trade for volume one it's in the back of volume one so you get that there but so you had these two volumes uh and then you know they teased volume three which is hotel oblivion which didn't come out for 10 years so let's imagine a world where um it wasn't Umbrella Academy, Hotel Oblivion number one, it was Umbrella Academy, issue 11, following issue 12, which is the end of the Dallas arc. And there was 10 years in between that. That actually kind of would be, I think, weirdly more frustrating if you're waiting for a continuation versus what your mind now says is, well, this is the next series of Umbrella Academy. Even though it is one continuous story, it's one long narrative, but there the optics work out better, I think, of, oh, well, we're just waiting for the next volume of this, uh not not a continuation of numbering you know i think there's right. a there's a perception thing there but you know there was so uh, there was a 10 year gap um when hotel believing finally came out It said october 2018 ran through june 2019 uh yeah that was originally announced I, my note here it was announced in 2010 so it was like dallas finished up volume 2 finished up in may 2009 the next year it was announced that hotel believing was coming out and then yeah nope, many 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 years later it came out uh and I think we should say uh for full transparency sake you know we like on this podcast to uh to pick books and discuss books that are completed story arcs that are finished or maybe not completed story arcs but they're the runs are finished you know that you right, can they're not re- th-
0: yeah right yeah. you don't have to go to get a weekly pool yeah
1: or, or, or you can you,
0: you can buy in yeah i mean ideally can, if you can get from the library
1: yeah but or you you, you can you can read everything we're going to talk about is something that's available and you're not going to have to go back to something and read more later so we should say that in July 2020, which we're now coming up on three years on, uh, they did announce that a volume four was coming out, which was going to be called Sparrow, which is well going to be called Sparrow Academy. Again, that was three years ago now. As far as I can tell, there has been absolutely zero movement as to X that actually happens. Uh, worth noting, though, that um, for those who may have come to this This uh, season of of our show, because of familiarity with the Netflix adaptation of the Umbrella Academy, the Sparrow Academy were characters and plot lines and ideas that were introduced in season three of the show. Now, I I personally have not watched the show all the way through. I've actually only made it through like the first half of the first season. Uh, I basically just ran out of time. There's too much stuff to watch. Uh, So I actually have not watched all the show, but I do know that the characters and ideas of the Sparrow Academy were introduced in the show. And that is what's supposed to be the plot of this theoretical volume four of the comic. So whether or not it's the exact same idea or the, the, the exact same plots, the exact same characters um, that kernel of idea is what they're supposed to be doing. But if form holds when Sparrow Academy, if, and when it does come out, we've still got several years, maybe six or seven before that it sees a shelf. So as of right now, as we're taping this, uh, almost three years since it was announced I said, as far as I know, there has been absolutely zero movement on, uh, on, on volume four of the umbrella Academy. So I well, feel it's safe to say that as yeah. of right now, the three it's that safe are to out say are it's the a 10
0: year wait. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, 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 the uh, three that are out now are, are the three you're going to have to read. So, and yeah, there are, there are collected. I think, so Mike, you mentioned you have the, a slipcase collection.
0: I do three yeah. individual
1: trades. Yeah. So those three trades are the ones that were out. Um, You know,
0: there's, and there's personally nothing that bothers me more than buying a slipcase book and then them releasing another book
1: yeah um, yeah and tough.
0: i know there's like a tales from the umbrella academy collection well uh, yeah i, which I would not consider yeah. you know and, part and of this so, podcast so, but
1: again, we're not going to cover there is there is a spinoff there was a first there was a one-shot spinoff um which is called hazel and cha-cha save christmas hazel and cha-cha are two characters that uh are introduced in volume two of the umbrella Academy. So we'll get to that in a couple of weeks. weeks. Um, that's just a, a one shot. That was kind of a prestige format that came out in 2019. Um, right after hotel oblivion kind of finished up volume three finished up. So it's like, they got back into the world. They told volume three, the story, then they had this one-off uh, uh, one-off one-shot special. That was under the, under the, I almost said under the umbrella of, but that's really what it is. This Taylor's oh. umbrella Academy. And then in, 2020, they came out with a full spin-off series, which is called You Look Like Death. And that's a six-issue spin-off mini that stars Klaus, uh, aka Seance, uh, aka number four, um, in terms of the Umbrella Academy. He has a it's an adventure like in Hollywood or whatnot. And that's a fun little lark. But yeah, we're not going to cover those in in this season. We're going to stick to the main three trades, which again you can get out there in in trades in the three separate volumes. Um, I do believe there are also uh, hardcover library editions that there are either are, out yeah. or 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 in the process of coming out. I think they each have like a they're big oversized. They're kind of like the like the DC absolutes if you're familiar with those uh in, in terms of size uh, on a bookshelf or whatnot. Uh they're really big they're oversized they're beautiful. Um to me unwieldy to read but uh, you know, yeah,
0: I finally hit that point, and you know, I've got. They look
1: really good on a shelf, though. They do. They look really good on a shelf.
0: Honestly, the library editions don't even look good on my shelf anymore. I don't have a shelf big enough for them, and well, like they, I, they're they're too I, tall for most shelves, so you have to put them on the top shelf everywhere. Yeah, you do,
1: or, or you have to have shelves just for those oversized editions, like I said, the the DC Absolute, something like that. If you have a whole bunch of them, they look really good. If you only have a few, look they do look out of place. But there are multiple ways to find them. I guess you could also. Go out and try to find the single issues. I, I, I think they're harder to find. They're a little pricier. Not. I think partly because of the show, there's a demand there. Anything, anything, anytime, anything gets adapted, but also they weren't like the biggest print runs out there. So I, I know you can find them. I think Apocalypse Suite Volume One are the hardest to find. Um, strangely, I think if you're talking about single issue pricing, I, I think the most expensive issue is actually the Free Comic Book Day issue because uh, I don't think there were a whole lot of those out there. I think that's probably going to run you like 35, 40 bucks, something like that. I, I think at least uh, right. like when I see that it shows or whatnot, that's a hard one to find. So if you do find it, um, so that's that's probably the most collectible quote unquote of uh, of the single issues. but they are out there if you are so inclined to go, go find them.
0: But- yeah. No, I just pulled them up online. If you find them, buy them. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Umbrella Academy, apocalypse suite. Number one, for an 8. 0, 48 bucks, 7. Yeah. 5, 45 bucks. Yeah. That's for number and, one, number two is eleven bucks, number yeah. three is thirteen bucks.
1: Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're all they're,
0: over ten dollars. Yeah. And they were all 299 cover prices. Yeah.
1: And again, and that is that is mainly because of the the adaptation. Again, anything that some something calls popular in adaptation, the the well, and, the, and if the adaptation's
0: the, 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 the,
1: good. Well, yeah, yeah, so I, course, I mean, that's course, the other
0: yeah. thing is yeah, that's true, I, fair. Uh th- that's part of the speculator game, is uh, like yes, I I unloaded my single issues of Sweet Tooth right before the show dropped because mm-hmm. I didn't know if the show was... I was like, I don't know if this book works as a show. Mm-hmm. I think I... I, I I've i said before, I'm not good at making money off comics. I would die yeah. if I... I think I sold a full, like, first issue, last, the last issue, pretty good condition, all bagged and boarded for, like, $75 for, like, yeah. 40 yeah. issues of Sweet yeah. Tooth, which is, yeah. like, not even cover yeah. price. Yeah.
1: But again, the, but that's the kind of thing that there's. There's only a small window for where that would have been. Where speculators have been hot for that. Now, I think you and I both really enjoyed the show. It is coming back, but it's not a huge hit for for Netflix. Umbrella Academy was a, a much bigger hit. So yeah. Oh yeah. Um. But so yeah. So th- but right now issues, the
0: first issue of Sweet Tooth yeah. goes for more than what I got for the whole series. Yeah, probably so. Because again, so that, that's a num- that's a number one you.
1: though. That's a number one. So, but they're out there. But the the three trades, um, you know, they are books, and and this is this was true actually even before the adaptation you know now the now the 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 current printings of of the the trades have the little like netflix printing circle there, saying you know now a show on netflix or or whatnot but there's
0: nothing i hate more in the world on a book or or a trade or i I don't
1: i don't like i don't like the i don't like the tie-in versions as well but again i I understand they 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 move units but i'm like who wants that like I, i don't know i've never met anyone
0: who prefers that
1: plenty of people don't care about that like, um, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know anyone who wants them. I don't, I don't, know people who I just can't imagine care. reading so, a
0: copy of The Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio's face on it. I, I, don't, know. I don't know, I don't know. Like,
1: I it's mean, cringy. I mean, cringy. Every every year, The Lord of the Rings were coming out, they printed entirely new versions um, uh, of, of, of the trilogy of the books with different characters from the movie on them. So, again, they, they must be some sort of return on that, other people they wouldn't do it. But again, what I was saying is, even before the adaptation came out, these trades were ones that you could find out in the world. You could find them. They're they're ones that were, for the most part, perennially in stock at comic books and in bookstores, wherever you find them, wherever you can buy comics or graphic novels, trade paper collections, it's available. It's out there. I know, if again, your library definitely has them. You can get them digitally through Hoopla or Libby or whatnot. It, th- these books are out there. And again, that was even before the show sh- uh, 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 happened. And now after the fact, I'm sure it's even more so. so. So if you haven't read this book, if you've seen the show or or have heard of the show, wanted to read the comic, um, it, it, it'll be very, very easy. Uh, this this will probably be one of the easier books that we've covered so far in terms of kind of ubiquity to go find. Um, it, because of the adaptation, because of its kind of general knowledge and awareness in in popular culture, whether or not people have read it or seen the show, I think it's a property they've heard of. Uh, you can go find this book. It was always out there and it's even more so now. So if uh, I said something you think about picking up uh, anywhere that sells books or comics probably has at least volume one, you know, because if they just want to get you on yeah. volume one, they're going to have that in stock. Uh, any bookstore, any comic shop is, is probably going to have it or they can get it for you pretty easily. You know, it's orderable. They can, they can, they can get it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you can certainly find it at used bookstores everywhere. Oh, that's true. Um, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I know. Yeah, uh, I know. Like Barnes and Noble has. Yeah, yeah, an ever-growing trade paperback collection. Yeah. I don't know people. I don't know many comic people who are like, let me get to Barnes and Noble right away. But, but for uh,
1: some people, that's where you know. Listen, it, it, hey,
0: I bought some there because. Uh, well, hey, listen, listen. There's also- a misprint of uh, Mister Miracle when it went to paperback. Where the uh, exclusive Barnes and Noble thing was printed on the cover rather than being a sticker. That's true. And, yeah, and Mitch got the proof and tweeted and was like, "They printed like five thousand of these. Go get them if <laughs> if you think that's funny." And I was like, "Yeah, that's hilarious." So well, I got but again
1: in a way though. So I, I this is wildly off tangent, but um, you know, Barnes and Nobles—the way we think about them—they've been closing because that size of bookstore and all that this isn't really manageable wise, but like there's a new one in our town that has reopened nearby where an old one had closed. And it feels like a small, like it's designed to be a smaller footprint kind of mom and pop brick and mortar bookstore feel to it, which is wild to think about because like they aren't like the big major dominant bookseller, like Barnes and Noble is essentially on life support brick and mortar bookshops, all of them, whether they're, like a single, you know, small business or, or big conglomerate, like brick and mortar shops are going under, you know? So like, Oh to yeah. Save, I mean, to, and, to and, save and physical and bookstores, you would have to go to Barnes and Noble and support them.
0: You know? Yes. I, that's a, the great, great irony of it. And, and yes. uh, it's hit me because it, we're in, we're in a few months into 2023 and so far they've done like a really attention grabby stuff this year. Uh like, mm-hmm earlier it was late December, it was like right after Christmas, they did buy one, get one free on all hardcover books. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, Oh shoot. Is there still Barnes and Noble in town? Yeah. Um, cause I was like, you know, that still probably pushes them down to the Amazon prices. Uh, but yeah. I would so much still rather support. I felt like I was supporting the little guy
1: yeah. well, like going exactly, to Barnes and Noble. It's, <laughs> it's exactly. Like,
0: exactly. I stopped yeah. shopping there cause I wanted to support the little guy. And now they are the little guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And then after that they did, um, it, it, buy one, get one 50% off on all image trades. Mm-hmm. For the month oh, yeah.
1: They're, 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 and it, right now if, it's
0: buy one, get one half off on all manga. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, if, and, and a, a lot of times published. either the bulk of half off. Um, They've also done in the past, they've done buy two, get one free. Either you can Marvel, DC, Image, or whatever it is, That's all nice. publishers. So, yeah, there are they're, they're all kinds of sales there. But, yeah, you're right. It is supporting the little guy now. So, again, however you get your comics, however you read them, um, you know, we want to want to try to support creators and 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 the publishers like that. But again, whether it's a used bookstore, whether it's through your library, you know, Mallbox supporting through library, I read so much digitally through my library. I don't know the last time I've been into my public library, but I read tons of books from them because uh, you know I, I get them through through the Hoopla app, you know. So you know, however you can get them, however you can read them, it's available if you want to go out if you've thought about it, um, but kind of need a little push to it. Umbrella hey, just, Academy is one of those books that's out there.
0: Just to plug another of our zero episodes. I did go into a physical library for the first time since like the pandemic to pick up my copy of God is disappointed in you by Mark Russell. Ah, and ah. I've been enjoying that each night. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. just that's hilarious stuff. It's, it's, so, it's so good. It's I, so I think good. I said this on our Twitter account, but like, the man just does not miss. No, uh, uh, no. like Mark Russell is still batting a thousand. Yeah. uh for content creation so um
1: yeah just, very, just
0: just a reminder of all all of the great artists we've covered uh, yeah so
1: indeed far. indeed so uh so yeah that's the umbrella academy i don't know if we have anything else i mean i guess maybe it's a a slight tease if, if you are someone who only has heard the name and and you know have no idea what the book's about i guess we can give a a a, a small little taste of, of what to expect you know it is, i think uh,
0: i think if you've listened to <laughs> Yeah, sure. Creator yeah. spotlight. You're in for a penny and for uh, uh, yeah, I,
1: I would assume so. I would assume yeah. so. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it, again, it it is a superhero adjacent book. If you're someone who doesn't like superheroes or is turned off by that, um that's not what this book's actually about. People have powers, you know, but it, it that isn't what the book is really really about. But it's it's superhero adjacent. So, uh if you look at that and you see some things with people flying around or 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 anything like that, it's 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 an element it's a factor but it's not it's not the crux of the book so it's um, certainly
0: not following the same like moral arc of oh, god no. of no. the superhero no. genre no. no no nor is it doing the complete deconstruction of the superhero no. thing no no, no, no you no, know no. and for like the actual deconstruction of the superhero thing was like watchmen that's what yeah, that was yeah yeah, yeah. No, the it, it, t- taking that deconstruction and shoving it up its yeah, own yeah. is like the boys Yeah, uh, it, it's or, not yeah it's
1: know. not it's not it's not commentary yeah. on superhero comics it's not trying right. to do that it's simply trying to tell a story with the loose framework of of superheroes coming together you know the idea of this kind of either whether it's a family of superheroes or a found family of superheroes. Like, how does that work? They're simply telling their own story within that framework. Yeah, it's definitely not a commentary. It's not making a judgment, anything like that. It's just trying to create some some new and interesting characters, some unique characters and and telling a a, a full and interesting story with them. So again, if, if superheroes aren't your thing, if that's a turn off for you, I think try to get past that and pick this book up and, and see beyond that part of it. Because that's just, that's just surface-level reading of, of what the book really is.
0: Yeah. And with that, uh, we will thank you for listening once again to another Creator Spotlight. That is the main thrust of what we're doing here. We'd like to celebrate uh, creators and their works, but we also love getting uh, into the nitty-gritty of uh, analyzing the story and you know, seeing how whatever world they've created touches our reality, which is what we will do the next time we see you, which will be next Thursday. So, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week after you have read Umbrella Academy, The Apocalypse Suite, Part 1.
1: Peace.